0: We're and turn to Leviticus chapter 23. You guys, we're in chapter 23 of Leviticus. We have read every word of Leviticus. Proud of you guys. Uh, if you're just joining, you're like, what is going on? That's okay. Uh, we're in Leviticus. We've been in it for a couple months. Um, we're in Leviticus 23, verse 4 today. We only have like four or five verses. I'm going to read Leviticus 23, 4 to 8, and then we'll pray. Says this These are the appointed feasts of the Lord, the holy convocations, which means gathering, which you shall proclaim at the time appointed for them. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month at twilight, is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. For seven days, you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work, but you shall present a food offering to the Lord for seven days. And on the seventh day is a holy convocation and you shall not do any ordinary work. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the testimony that we have. We've been rescued by you and we thank you for your word that points us to the blood of the lamb. Jesus, would you meet us right now? Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you just fill fill this room with you, Lord? Give us ears to hear. Help us to see the beauty of Jesus tonight. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. If our emotions aren't saying you're worthy, you're still worthy. If our lives aren't saying you're worthy, you are still worthy. Jesus, you are real and you are seated on your throne. And so we just submit to you right now. We say, have your way with us. Speak to us. Help me, God, just to be faithful to what you have spoken in your word. It's in Jesus' name, amen. You guys know what I love about Jesus? Honestly, at the very center of what it means to follow Jesus is not do this, get your act together, get better. It's not, hey, don't do this. It's not, hey, stop it. It's not, hey, you need to change your life. Do you guys know that? That's just so good. Did you know at the heart of following Jesus is nothing that you do at all? Did you know that? At the very heart of following Jesus, at the very center, at the foundation of following Jesus is nothing that you do. It's something he did for you. Do you guys know that? That's the center of of following Jesus. There are, okay, and there are certainly commandments you have to obey. There, there are, Jesus says we have to do certain things, but I just want you guys to know those aren't the main thing. Do you know that? They're not the main thing. The center of it all is, hey, you get your life together and follow Jesus. Nope. The center of it all is something that God has done for you. It's a gift, that God wants to give you. The center of following Jesus is something God has already done on your behalf. And when you remember what he's done and you look to what he has done and you look to him, that radically changes your life. And you'll begin to follow him. And so, so something God says that's so important is he, in the Old Testament, he institutes these feasts and these festivals for a purpose. And what's the purpose? It's two things. Hey, you need to remember what I've done and you need to proclaim to one another what I've done. And so God says, all throughout the year, I'm just making these different feasts and these different festivals so that not so you can go do a bunch of good stuff for me, not so you can go serve the poor, not so you can go like get rid of all your sin. He sets all of these feasts and festivals so that you can remember what he's already done. And so you can proclaim to one another Hey, look at what God has done. God wants us to remember and proclaim. I'm gonna read you two verses. In Exodus 13, then Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you came out of Egypt. And in Leviticus 24, the first verse, verse four that we read, it says, these are the appointed feasts of the Lord, the holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at the time appointed for them. You guys, we're so quick to forget what God has already done. And we're so quick to think about ourselves and what we need to do and how we need to get our act together. And God says, So I'm going to make festivals, and throughout the year, you're going to remember who I am and you're going to remember what I've done for you. This is why we tell testimonies, so we can remember what God has done. And so tonight, we're remembering one of the, the feasts. The feast that we're remembering tonight is the feast called Passover. Passover, that we want to remember and proclaim, and this is important, this is maybe the central story of the Old Testament. This is maybe arguably like, this is what the Old Testament could be summed up in what happened at the Passover. And it's pointing you, did you know the Passover is a little foreshadow of the central story in the New Testament? This this feast, the Passover, has to do with Okay, it has to do with people who have been enslaved and God working a great deliverance and he does it through a lamb. How about that? How random, what the heck? Okay, you're enslaved and God says, I'm gonna save you through a lamb. That's what this story is about. And that maybe sounds familiar to what another story is about. So we're gonna look at the story of Passover tonight. Uh, The story of Passover shows us three things. The first thing is this. God graciously liberates. God's a liberator. Do you know God liberates us? Uh, God liberated this group of people from slavery. They were in slavery for 400 years. That's longer than America has been around. They were enslaved for 400 years. We know slavery, it's the worst way to live. Absolutely the most dehumanizing, worst way to live. You guys may know there's more slaves today than there have been in all of human history. That's a true statement. And so God comes to his people in slavery and he says, I'm gonna liberate you. I'm gonna liberate my people who I love. And did you guys know that you were born in slavery? Do you know that? Do you know you were born enslaved? Jesus says, everyone who sins, is a slave to sin. You guys ever sinned? Yep. Guess what? We were born slaves to sin. Uh, People like to talk a lot about free will. You had a free will to sin. You were free to sin as much as your heart wanted. You are free to sin. You were free to rebel against God, and that was it. That's your free will. Welcome to, like, that's exciting. God, I'm free. God says, you're not free, you're enslaved to sin we were born with a broken heart a heart that already was marred and does not want what god wants we want what only we want like israel we were born as slaves uh also you guys this is gnarly did you know we were also enslaved in some way to satan do you know like when we're born we're born uh it says satan's blinded the eyes Every one of us, when we were born, Satan like had his hands on the eyes of our heart and he says, you can't see Jesus. And when you look to Jesus, I don't want you to notice who he is and his beauty. Some of you guys may feel that way right now. Like I hear a lot about Jesus, but to be honest, I just don't see it. I just don't see what's so good about it. You may still be enslaved to Satan who's blinding your eyes. But here's the good news. Your God is a liberator. Your God is God is a liberator and he loves to set captives free. That's what he loves to do. God sets captives free. And so he decides, I'm gonna liberate my people in slavery. I'm gonna liberate them. I'm gonna just decimate the oppressor, the slave driver, Pharaoh in Egypt, and I'm gonna free them. And that's the story of the Exodus. You guys, maybe are familiar with that. He raises up Moses, let my people go. Pharaoh says no, and then just plague after plague after plague, and God is just slowly crushing the oppressor. And it finally gets to the 10th, the uh, what do you call it, plague, and that is the story of the Passover. God, this is the, this is the breaking point where the enemy, the, the oppressor, finally breaks and says, okay, and God liberates his people. And that story, you guys, that's just a foreshadow of what God either did already do with you or will do with you. Maybe some of you tonight. So God is a liberator. And in the process of liberation, uh, this is our second point. God, he does something. He graciously warns. He graciously warns people, this is what I'm going to do. You guys know every plague God sent to Egypt? It wasn't just like, what the heck? It wasn't a cheap shot. He went to Pharaoh and was like, hey, if you don't listen to me, it's not going to go well for you. So let my people go. Like he said that 10 times. And Pharaoh's like, nope, I'm not gonna do it. And Moses like, if you don't, it's gonna get bad. And he says, I don't want to. And so time after time after time, God would warn Egypt and they would rebel. And they say, nope, I don't want to listen to this. And it got so bad that around like the plague, like six or seven, it said that some of Pharaoh's slaves actually began to fear God. And were like, do you know what? Even if Pharaoh isn't gonna listen, I'm going to like bring my, so he was like, hey, I'm going to send a hail like that's never been before. Just hail that is so intense. And whatever is outside is going to die. And some of Pharaoh's slaves were like, honestly, it's everything Moses has said has happened. So it says some of those who feared the word of the Lord ran and got all of their like animals, like, all right, whatever Pharaoh doesn't listen, like, I don't want my stuff to die. And they listen, God graciously warns people, hey, I'm going to crush the oppressor. God warns us, he gives us his word and he says, listen to me, listen to me. And at this final stage at Passover, in Exodus 12, verse two, this is what God says. He says, hey, I'm gonna send a destroyer. I'm gonna send a destroyer. He says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast saying, I'm coming tonight, and I'm going to kill every firstborn, animal and human, and I'm going to kill all of them in the land, every Israelite firstborn, every Egyptian firstborn. I'm sending the destroyer, and he will kill them. Like, that's heavy. That's, that's, do you guys know that God does stuff like that? Like, that's in the Bible. And God, what this really is, you guys, this is like a little snippet of God saying, hey, there's coming a day when I'm gonna judge every evil that's ever been. I'm gonna do that. But there are certain times in history where he just gives like a little preview. And that's what this was. He's saying, I'm gonna give you guys a little preview of when I come and make all things right and defeat evil. He's just giving Egypt this little preview of judgment day. And he says, I'm gonna visit every single house and every firstborn will die unless and then God gives them something to do you guys because God graciously warns and listen it's the same for today do you know God gives warning and gives us his word and he says hey if you live this way it won't go well for you but if you live over here this way it's gonna go well for you do you know if we ignore God's words like we're gonna miss out on life best case scenario, or it's going to go really bad for us, worst case scenario. God gives us warning. He gives us his word, and he's saying, will you listen? Will you heed what I've said to you? Do you guys know God says, in my presence is fullness of joy? Do you know that? Any of you guys want joy? God's like, hey, listen to my word. If you want joy, come to me. And if we're like, I don't know, like, we're missing out. We're missing out. Did you know God said, I came to give life to the full? Do you know God says that in His Word? Did you know if we ignore that, we're missing out on life to the full? God said in His Word, Whoever believes in me shall never die, but shall have eternal life. Did you know He says in His Word, I give my Spirit without measure? Do you know He says that? Do you know if we just ignore His Word, we're gonna miss out on the Holy Spirit who He gives and pours out without measure? That's something God offers us, his spirit without measure. In different places, people who love God's word said, it's more to be desired than gold and silver. A.K.A. if God was like, hey, would you choose a billion dollars or a Bible? It's better to pick a Bible. Do you know that? Like that's insanity. That seems crazy. And you would only know that if you read this book. Do you know that? And do you know what else he says? I'm coming soon. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to see Jesus? Like, face to face, you will see Jesus face to face. Like, that could happen tonight. You could see Jesus' face tonight. Like, are you ready? Are you heeding just the warnings that he speaks in his word? Now, okay, so so God is a liberator, and he graciously warns But really the central part of the story of the Passover is this, point number three, God graciously rescues. He graciously rescues. I'm going to read you the the story of what actually happened. It's in Exodus chapter 12. If you want to turn there, you can turn there. Exodus chapter 12, I'm going to read the first 14 verses. Just listen to this story, you guys. This has really happened. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month, shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of every year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. If the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat. You shall take your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel. I, I think that means the top, on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. this day shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. So do you get what just happened? God saying, I'm gonna go kill every firstborn son. But if you take a lamb and you slaughter it and you put its blood on your door and you eat this, when my angel of death, what? The destroyer comes when it sees the blood when it sees that you are covered by the blood of the lamb, I'm not gonna kill anyone in that family. I'm gonna pass over your house and go to the next one. And you guys, do you guys know what this is a picture of? This is a picture of grace, okay? Because did you know that the Israelites weren't any better than the Egyptians? Did you know they didn't go earn anything from God? Did you know they weren't like really good at following God and serving God and obeying God? So God was like, because you've been good, I'll save you. I'm not going to kill you because you've been good. They've been bad. You know, the Israelites were just the same. And if an Israelite did not put the blood on his house, guess what happened? Their firstborn son would die. God is giving this picture of grace. You know, the people aren't saving themselves. God is just graciously passing over. He's passing over. Though I'm going to punish evil if I see the blood Wherever I see it, I will, I will not kill them. The Passover, you guys, shows us that God is a God of grace. He graciously saves. They didn't earn it. They didn't go deserve it. They didn't work hard for it. All they did was just trust this sign. Okay, God said to take this blood and put it on the door. I'm gonna trust the lamb that was slain. And you guys, Passover, you, you may know this, points us to the greatest act of grace God has ever done. Do you know that? Another lamb was slain. Another great act of judgment on God's enemy and oppressor came, and God rescued his people because Passover is just a pointer to Jesus. Do you guys know Leviticus is about Jesus? The Bible is about Jesus. Passover is about Jesus. Everything that happens in the Old Testament is pointing us to Jesus. And I want to ask you, Is your relationship with God about Jesus? Is your relationship with God about something else? Something you do for him? Something you try hard to do for God? Because that's not Christianity, you guys. Passover is about Jesus and what Jesus has done. I'm just going to flesh this out a little bit. You guys uh, remember the night before Jesus died, it was actually they were celebrating Passover. They were, Jesus got his disciples together, 12 guys, and they were celebrating Passover. It was actually the feast of Passover when Jesus died. And so he, he gets his disciples together and they celebrate this Passover meal. Uh, this is like Christmas for them. It was like, this is the big deal. This is the holiday. It's like what you look forward to. You get the lamb, you get the, the bread, and you make a big deal about it. And so they're all sitting there. But did you know that in every story where Jesus is sitting with his disciples, do you know there's no lamb in any of the gospels? Do you know they're not eating lamb on Passover? That's like Christmas without any trees or lights or presents. Like, what are you doing, Jesus? This isn't Christmas. That's what he was doing. He's like, hey guys, we're going to celebrate Passover. And he sets everything up. And the disciples are like, wait, where's the lamb though? Like, what? and they probably are just like afraid to say something. So they're just sitting there like, all right, maybe he's going to surprise, bring the lamb out at the last minute or something. So there is no lamb. Why was there no lamb at Jesus's Passover meal? One pastor says the lamb is not on the table because the lamb is at the table because Jesus is the lamb. Jesus was a perfect and spotless, blameless lamb. And that blood that was slain, that lamb, you would take his blood and put it on the door. Jesus says, okay, I want you to take this cup and I want you to drink this cup. And this cup, is like the new Passover. This is my blood, which I'm gonna pour out for your sins. That if you drink my blood, like Jesus, what are you saying? If you drink my blood. And then he says, and this bread, this unleavened bread, this represents my body. And as that lamb on Passover was slaughtered, I'm going to be slaughtered tomorrow. I'm literally, my flesh will be ripped from my body and my blood will be poured out and my body will be broken for you. And so I want you to take this blood and this body and I want you to now do a new Passover meal. You're not eating lamb anymore, you're eating my bread and my blood. And when you do that, when you come to that, you are proclaiming, what I have done for you. You are remembering what I have done for you. And he says, as often as you do that, you guys, we need to remember what Jesus has done like every single day. We don't like just start with Jesus, get saved and get our act together. Every day we remember and we proclaim that Jesus was slain for us. That is what following Jesus is all about. That's where it starts, that's where it's sustained, and that's where it ends, the blood and body of Jesus. And Jesus is the lamb that was slaughtered. There's this prophecy of Jesus on the cross in Isaiah 53. And it says, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus willingly went like a lamb. Like, if you were being crucified, let's be honest, if I were being crucified, I would be just to the bitter end. Have you guys seen uh, Braveheart, you know, when he's just like getting killed and he's just defiant, like freedom. Like, Jesus was like, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna be quiet like a lamb and I'm gonna walk willingly to be slaughtered. Jesus walked willingly and humbly like a lamb. God humbled himself. And acted like a lamb so that his blood could be poured out to cover our sins. And so that Jesus on the cross, you guys remember when the the destroyer would come, it was like that picture of the wrath of God. The wrath of God. Jesus says on the cross, I'm going to take the wrath of God. I'm going to receive the punishment that people deserve. I'm gonna receive the wrath of God. That angel, the destroyer of death, I'll take that. That if you are covered in my blood, you, uh, that wrath of God will be passed over you. Do you guys know if you've come to Jesus, there is no more wrath of God for you that is passed over. It would be wrong of God to see the blood and say, no, I'm still gonna punish them just a little bit. Do you know if you're, if you're covered in the blood, if you've trusted in the blood of Jesus, there is no more wrath of God for you. There is no more condemnation for you. God looks on you with love and is pleased with you because you are covered in the blood of the lamb. And you may be like, yeah, but I don't, I'm not that awesome. Yeah, but you're covered in the blood of the lamb. Yeah, but I'm not that good as that person. I don't worship like that person. I don't read my Bible like that person. I sin. I'm still struggling with this. Are you covered in the blood of the lamb? And remember Here's another one where, where uh, who was it that would be killed if there was no blood? You remember who in the family? The firstborn son. You guys, Jesus was the firstborn son that was not spared. He was the firstborn son that was killed. The father offered his, first, his firstborn son so that we could be spared. God didn't spare his own son to save you. God didn't spare his own son. He's not just his lamb. He's God's firstborn, only begotten son. And God offered him for you. Now, I'll just address something. This, this is kind of popular right now. Some people have a hard time with that idea. Like, wait, so God just like took his little son and like abused, like, was this like divine child abuse? That's a good question. Because I, I can see how someone could be upset about that. Like really, God just killed his son. And like, that's like what we celebrate. That's, that's a good question. But I want you guys to remember something. Jesus, like the lamb that had to be spotless, Jesus was God. Jesus wasn't like this innocent kid, like, no, dad, what are you doing? Jesus was God. Jesus is God, and Jesus offered himself. Jesus isn't like this little kid getting abused by his dad. He's like a soldier laying his life down for his friends at the commandment of his, like, officer, You guys get it? There's a difference. Jesus isn't like, no, God. He's like, I'm gonna lay my life down for them. God didn't just unwillingly kill his son. Jesus is God and willingly laid his life down. Another objection to this, you guys, is some people are like, man, God just seems really gnarly. Like, so are you saying God saves us from himself? Like, God is the bad thing that God saves us from? And and I understand, like, I get that. Okay, so God is like the destroyer and he's gnarly maybe god the father is gnarly and so then god the son is like no don't be gnarly like and so god saves us from god like i get that how we get that but here's the truth god doesn't god saves us from ourselves he doesn't save us from this mean god like a nice jesus doesn't save us from a mean god god saves us from ourselves like we are sinful we have rebelled Paul said, hey, this is a trustworthy saying. God came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. You are a, are a sinner who Jesus says, I'm gonna save you anyways. I'm gonna save you from yourself, from the, what, the wrath that you deserve. And I'm gonna save you from yourself by laying my life down for you. So Jesus is our Passover lamb. And so what does that mean for you? Like, let's get practical. Because there's nothing more practical, you guys, than remembering and proclaiming the blood of Jesus. Um, I'll just say this again. The most important thing in your relationship with Jesus is remembering and proclaiming the blood of the lamb. That's where it's at. That's where it starts. That's where it ends. That's what's gonna sustain you. Remember and proclaim the blood of the lamb over you. That's where it is at. You guys, remembering the blood of Jesus for you actually fuels your growth as a Christian. When you remember the blood of Jesus, if you're like, okay, yeah, 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 I get that, but like, I wanna do like some spiritual practices. I wanna grow. I wanna get like, you know, like those guys who just fasted and went in the desert and just served the world. I wanna be like them. How can I be like them? Do you guys know um, what makes you love Jesus more? Do you know what makes the beautiful more beautiful? more The Bible more beautiful? Do you know what makes you long to be with God? Do you know what makes you want to say no to temptation? Do you know what makes you want to just give of yourself to the world? The blood of the lamb. The fact that God rescued a sinner like you. Did you know when you open this book, it's not, hey, do this. When we open this book, here's what you should look for. The blood of the lamb where and how does this remind me that i was a sinner but jesus poured out his blood for me and every commandment in the bible has to be founded on the blood of the lamb i've been rescued i've been redeemed i am a son of god now okay it makes sense to like not be like rebel against god it makes sense to obey him it makes sense to want to spend time with him because of the blood of the lamb and and i know i've had seasons i have weeks still to this day where it's just like a bad week, right? Like, you just feel like you're blowing it with the Lord. Like, didn't read your Bible. You're like, I'm gonna get up early this week. I'm gonna like give away some some of my stuff to the homeless. Like, I'm gonna go serve. Maybe you serve at church somewhere. Like, like, I wanna do a good job. And then like, you just sleep through your alarm and then you're just selfish. And then you're snapping at people. Then you come into worship and you like don't really wanna worship. And other people are just on their knees. You're like, I don't feel it. Like, have you guys ever been there? Like, I'm blowing it as a Christian. I'm blowing it. And, and I feel like that's the, that's the honest place. Like, okay, yeah, that's cool about the blood of the lamb. But what about those times when I'm just blowing it? Like what gets me off, uh, like gets me going again? And I was just having a conversation with a friend last week where he was in that spot. Like the Lord recently saved him and he was just juiced and reading his Bible. And he's like, to be honest, dude, like it's been two weeks and I haven't done it. And like, you could just see it. Like you can see it on his face, just that weight. You guys know that weight, like I'm blowing it. You guys know? What we do in those moments, we don't muster ourselves up and try and get our act together because you won't be able to pull it off. There's something more important you have to do in that moment when you're just ashamed, you feel like you're blowing it, it's remember Jesus. Remember the blood of Jesus over you in that moment. You guys, your failure, even as a Christian, is why Jesus died for you. He's like, not surprised you're blowing it. He's like, yeah, that's why I died for you because you're gonna blow it every day of your life. He says, remember my blood, remember and proclaim it over yourself. So when you're just in that moment and you're just like, I am blowing it, here's what you do. You take your eyes off of your religious performance and you lift them to the blood of the lamb that though I come up short, Jesus pours out his love for me and his blood for me and declares me guiltless. And a son or a daughter of God, he justifies me. And in that moment, your heart will begin to worship. And you'll be like, God, I can't believe this is real. And from that place of abiding and looking at and being with Jesus, that's where fruit naturally comes. That's where fruit naturally comes. You guys know when you're just trying to get your act together, you're like a tree that's uh, like, it's like, a tree uh, that li- that's limb fell off and the limb is just laying on the ground. You're like, dang it, my limb just fell on the ground. And you're so you're, you're, like, you're like the limb on the ground and you're like, but I'm supposed to make avocados. That's my job. And so you're like, I'm just gonna think really hard about avocados today. I'm just gonna study avocados. I'm gonna learn everything there is about avocados. I'm gonna wake up early and just think about avocados and go to bed late, think about avocados. Like you're not attached to the tree. It doesn't matter how hard you try, you can't bear fruit. That's us when we remove ourselves from Jesus and stop looking at the blood of the lamb and start looking at our inability. Do you know what we need to do in that moment? We need to look to Jesus, who's the vine, who's the tree. We need to attach ourselves to Jesus and we can do so because he's poured out his blood on us and made a way for us to come be back with God. And when we are with God, fruit is a byproduct. Mission and evangelism and serving Jesus and fasting and going to tell the nations about Jesus and being patient with people is all a byproduct of looking and remembering and proclaiming to yourself the blood of the Lamb that Jesus loves me and I'm still loved in this moment when I'm just on the ground not bearing any fruit. That is the answer when we're failing and blowing it as a Christian. And and It's just this amazing cycle of the more I'm with Jesus, the more I love him, the more fruit I bear. And the opposite thing happens, man, I'm not not spending time with him. You guys know the reason why we say to read your Bible? It's not to be religious, it's because this points you to the blood of the lamb. This book is about the blood of the lamb. So when you wake up in the morning, and if you're like me, and you just are like, I know this is good, and I don't want to do it, here's what you do. You're on a treasure hunt for Jesus and the blood of the lamb. And I I will promise you, it's on every page of the Bible. It's on every page. I'm going to read you this verse in John chapter five real quick. You guys know about the Pharisees. They were killing it religiously. they were doing everything they're supposed to do, yet they're blowing it. They actually missed it. And they're they're talking uh, to Jesus and they're upset. They're like, who are you? Um, Okay, and here it is. John 5, 39. Listen to this. Jesus is rebuking religious people. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you will have eternal life. Yet it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. You know what the scriptures are about? Jesus. You know what the scriptures bear witness about? Jesus. You know what Passover is about? Jesus. You know what the whole Bible is about? Jesus. And when we just look to this book to try and do all the right things and find life in like obeying it, Jesus is like, you're missing me. You're missing the blood. You're missing the point. It's about me. And the last thing I'll say on that is, you guys, you are not your own Passover lamb. You can't pull it off. Literally, stop crucifying yourself. Like, you, Jesus has been crucified. Like you're not a good Passover lamb. So stop beating yourself up as if like this blood that you're like shedding metaphorically is gonna like make you better. Like you're not, you're not worthy. You're not able to save yourself. You have a Passover lamb, it's Jesus. And then you guys, we have an enemy, his name's Satan. And do you know what he does? He's called the accuser of the brethren. Do you know what all he does to you all day long? He, he takes your eyes off of Jesus and he puts your eyes on your sin. And all day long, every day, this is what Satan is doing to you. If you're a Christian, this is what he's doing to you. Remember your sin. Remember what you did. Remember where you blew it. Remember how you failed. And he just pours accusation and condemnation all day long. When you're trying to worship, Satan is literally shooting like arrows. Remember your sin. Remember what you just did. Remember your thought. And that is what Satan does. Do you guys know what to do? Do you guys know how to fight that? You remember and you proclaim the blood of the Lamb. No, Satan, I am covered in the blood. I am safe. There is no condemnation for me. I am not my sin. I'm a son or daughter of God. You remember and you proclaim the blood of the Lamb. You guys, the blood of the Lamb answers like crucial questions. Here's a question Am I a real Christian? Has ever had that question? What if I'm not a real Christian? Because that's like a thing. I read it in the Bible. People doing all this stuff for Jesus. He's going to say, "I never knew you." If you ever like get to this point of like, "Am I a real Christian?" Um, there's a helpful picture uh, to think about this. So imagine Passover is happening, okay, and you have like a brother or sister, and you're in the house, and your brother or sister is like, "God is awesome, and he's going to like look at the blood. He's going to pass over us, and we're going to be safe." And he's just stoked. But you're honestly like this Jewish person, like, man, God is gnarly. And I just saw all this stuff he did. And like, what if I'm not safe? Like, what if he, what if we didn't pour enough blood on the door? Like, what if we, what if he just decides, no, never mind, And just, you're like the firstborn and you're just stressed out. Your little brother's like, no, it's fine. So you're just stressed, okay? You're like a Jew stressed out. You're stressed out. But here's the deal. You both poured the blood. You went out, the blood's on your door. When the destroyer comes to your house that night, Guess who's saved? Both of you guys, the whole family. Why? Because you were really confident and you knew, man, God is good. No, that's not why you're saved. You're saved because of the blood of the lamb. It doesn't matter how much you're doubting in that moment. If you put the blood on the door, you are safe. You guys, it's like that with Jesus. Am I a real Christian? I don't know. I'm nervous every week. I'm like, I'm not sure. How do I know? Remember and proclaim the blood of the lamb. Do you look to the blood? Do you cling to the blood? Do you believe, do you believe that Jesus was shed for your sins? His blood was shed for your sins. If you look and believe, you will be saved. You you may get to the finish line just ragged, just barely believing, but it's the blood of the lamb that saves you. And it's the blood of the lamb that makes you right with God. Put your hope in the blood of the lamb. How about this question? Does God like really love me? Hey, look to the blood of the Lamb. He gave His Son for you. He gave His Son for all of us, for the world. Look to the blood of the Lamb. Um man, I've committed that same sin a hundred times. There's no way God's gonna forgive me this time. I know better, I knew exactly what I was doing, and I committed that sin. Look to the blood of the Lamb. You guys ever wonder like if God's mad at you? Look to the blood of the Lamb. Ever wonder if God's pleased with you? Look to the blood of the lamb. You ever just feel like, am I safe? Like you could, be, you could just feel like you're that Israelite, just like I'm stressed and I don't know if I'm safe. You guys, if your house was covered in the blood, you were like in this refuge. You were in this safe place. You were covered in the blood of the lamb. When you look to the blood of the lamb, Jesus becomes for you like a refuge and a rock, And on your behalf, he is your safety. Jesus is like, I've got you. I'm with you. Some of you may fear like Satan and and demons. It's like a thing. It's like worth fearing kind of. They're real. Like some of you guys may have like real fear from Satan and demons. Do you know what protects you from Satan and demons? The blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb. Um, I'll get real with you guys real quick. So I've like, I trip out on Satan and demons. I used to a lot more when I was in college. Um, part of it was just, I was in sin and I was like a Christian, I think, but like I was just in sin and like gave the enemy footholds and like I would have like demonic dreams. I would just be like various times throughout, like when I was alone, I'm like, there's like demons like messing with me and I just would fear. I just been in that place of fear. There was this one night I was all alone and uh, this is gnarly. When I closed my eyes, whenever I closed my eyes, I actually pictured like a huge warrior demon like standing right here. And like, so if if, if I were me, he's just like doing this to me. Like he's just standing, just looking at me, intimidating me, like inches from my body. I would close my eyes and like, there he was. So so I just opened my eyes and like just that sense of fear, like, oh my gosh, I am not safe. I am not safe. So I would like, I remember this night, this actually happened. And I just, I'm praying and I'm like, it's not going away. And I'm like, God help me. And he reminded me of that promise in Romans eight, I think it's 38, that nothing can separate us. And he, when he gave me this picture of like my blood is like a shield over you and there's nothing he could do because my blood covers you. If he were to even take your life, I'm covered in the blood of the lamb. I'm gonna go see Jesus. He, if, if he just released all the demons and like, like I'm covered in the blood of the lamb. And you know what? When I started remembering the blood of the lamb, You guys, honestly, that demon left and like he's never come back because demons hate the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb is the day they were defeated, you guys. The day Jesus' blood was poured out was the day Satan lost his power. And if you are trusting in the blood of the lamb, Satan has no power over you. Like he can mess with you a little bit, but he's a defeated foe. And your your best weapon is to remember the blood of the lamb over you. So uh, what we're going to do right now is together, we're just going to remember and proclaim and behold the Lamb of God. You guys remember John the Baptist? He's like baptizing, he's doing his thing. Um, And then it says, one day Jesus walked by and John stopped what he was doing and he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Guys, to behold means to like look and wonder and worship. When's the last time you just looked at Jesus and his beauty, and his blood for you? Like, has he taken away your sins? And if he hasn't, like, do you know what you need to do right now? You just need to look to the blood of the lamb and trust it. And if you are a Christian, and if you're just jacked and blowing it, this is what you need to do as we worship. You just need to look to the blood of the lamb. And then uh, we have communion set up, which this is our Passover meal. Like, as often as you can get your hands on communion, do it. And remember and proclaim what Jesus did for you and over you. Remember that his body was broken for you and his blood was poured out for you. And then the, last, the very last thing I'll say is this, uh, we can't faithfully follow and worship Jesus solo. Like these were feasts where everyone got together and did it together. And it's the same with Jesus. Um, we need one another. We need community to follow Jesus properly. And w- like there are times when you're just gonna forget the blood of Jesus, but someone in your life is going to say, hey, don't forget the blood of the lamb. Don't forget, lift your head. That's why when we confess our sins to one another, here's, if someone confesses their sin to you, this is what not to say. Dang it, bro, you knew better, like, let's get your act together. This is what you say. Look to the blood of the lamb. Jesus died for that sin. His blood was poured out for that sin and so you are forgiven and accepted. You are covered in the blood of the lamb. That's what you do when, when people come and pray for you. That's what, we have, we're gonna have a prayer team. That's, what they, that's pretty much what they're gonna say. Hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know he loves you and, is, and you're covered in his blood? That's where we start that's where we end. That's what sustains us more than anything else. And so you're gonna pray for us and together let's behold Jesus, the lamb of God who takes away our sin. Jesus, you are worthy. You are the worthy lamb, the spotless lamb. And you laid your life down for us on the cross that all we would have to do is behold you, look to you with our hearts and be saved and be forgiven and be cleansed and accepted and loved. So Jesus, together, we wanna behold you. We wanna look to you. Holy Spirit, would you help us in that? Help us to lift our eyes off of ourselves. Uh, Would we be willing to confess and repent because like we're safe. We're not gonna be punished anymore. The wrath of God's already been taken away. You took that from us, Jesus. So we'd be willing to confess our sins to you and one another knowing we are safe because of the blood of the lamb. Would healing come? Would worship come? Would we fall more in love with you right now, Jesus? For you are our Passover lamb.